situated. Perfect. Hope that each and every one of you had a wonderful Thanksgiving, and, uh, and kind of in lieu of that, I'd like to tell you something I'm thankful for this morning. You may have heard a lot of baby noises around here this morning, and isn't that great? <laughs> like, isn't it great to hear the noise of kids in this church? That means we have a future. That means that we're doing something to pass this down to, to our children. I think that's, that's something that I'm very grateful for this morning. So find something to be thankful for today, and if you don't have anything, just be thankful for that, because it's a good thing. A few weeks ago, I was sitting in my office, as I'm prone to do on Mondays, And I was sitting there trying to work on a class or a sermon, trying to think through a couple different things, and I just did not feel good. And you've been there where you just try to work and you try to think, but but something's going on with your body that just makes it a little bit difficult. And so I'd been working all morning trying to have conversations with people, trying to, to think through a couple different things, and about lunchtime I decide I'm going to drive to Jerry's, which is just right over that way. Is that it? Good. See? Very directionally good here. I was driving to Jerry's, and I I was going to get some soup and some medicine. So I find some soup. That was easy to do. And you go into Jerry's, and right after the uh, cash registers, the checkout lines, whatever, is the medicine. And so I walk up, and I'm looking for cold and flu medicine. And there are about 80 choices to choose from for cold and flu medicine, which is great when you don't feel well and you can't think straight. So I'm looking at all these. There's Tylenol, there's Sudafed, Mucinex, NyQuil. I knew not to get that one. Benadryl. And I'm not sure if that one was good or not. But then there are all the generic brands as well. And my question became, how do I choose? There are so many options, how do I choose? Most of you are thinking you should have called your wife. She's a nurse. Well, yeah. <laughs> True. But I didn't, so I was, I was working on this. What I did was I picked up a box of Tylenol cold, and right next to it was Tylenol cold and flu severe. And I was looking at the top of these boxes, and it had the ingredients and the dosage. You'll never believe this. But Tylenol cold and flu and Tylenol cold and flu severe are the exact same thing. (laughs) Dose by dose, word by word, exact same, except for one difference. The severe version costs 50 cents more. (laughs) It is the exact same, but 50 cents more. I ended up buying DayQuil and NyQuil, which was foolish as well because I didn't have those symptoms. So, again, I know I should have called my wife, plus just... To further, you know, give myself credit, we do have two pharmacists in this church that I have their numbers. It's a bad decision on my part, and I I acknowledge that. Yeah, and doctors, yeah, I know. And my wife's a nurse, so still, I I get it. Not not my brightest moment. But to my defense, I was sick, so there you go. The Atlantic in 2014 produced this article. And they say that all over-the-counter cold and flu medicines have the same five ingredients, just to different degrees. Uh, They have a decongestant, which is typically phenylephrine. So if you know what that is, congrats. They have a cough suppressant, dextromorthophan. They have a pain reliever, which is typically acetaminophen, which I stay away from for some reason. I don't have a good reason why. 
They have expectorants, and I can't pronounce that word, and a sleep aid, diphenhydramine. Those five ingredients make up almost every cold and flu medicine that there is. The same ones. So, the point was, I could buy the $12 Tylenol cold and flu severe, or I could buy the generic version, which according to the FDA, is the exact same thing. Save myself eight bucks. I ended up spending 12, so there you go. <laughs> I didn't read this article till the past week though, so whatever. Comparing things can be a great tool to help us make good decisions. Comparison is a great tool to help us make decisions, especially when you know what you're comparing. This year, Lindsay and I were fortunate enough to buy a house. We're super excited about it, love the house now. Had a few issues, but we've been able to work through those. But when you buy a house, you don't buy the first house you see, apparently. Apparently, it does good to compare things. It does good to compare prices, to compare school districts, all those different things. Comparison's a good tool. When you pick a career at some point, so you guys, when you pick a career at some point, you're going to need to decide, what is it that I want to spend the next 40 years of my life doing? That kind of matters. It's a question with, conf- uh, with consequences. When you're choosing a church when you move to town, you want to choose a church that, has, that stands for the things that you stand for. It has the values that you stand for. We were buying Micah a winter coat last year. And, you know, we still have these welcome to Minnesota moments every now and then. Apparently, they measure coats by degrees here. Which, <laughs> who knew? <laughs> All of you. But I didn't, so there you go. They had these zero-degree jackets, and apparently that's what it was, or the negative 40-degree jackets. We live in Minnesota, so we figured if Mike is going to be outside, he probably needs the negative 40 one, and so we got that. I don't know if that's a good decision or not. That's a verdict still out on that, but I learned something. So when you make choices, you need to have a good sense of what you're doing. I had a friend back in college. I remember this because it was so funny to me. He was in his house. He was looking online to buy a Christmas tree, which is fine. He wanted to buy a Christmas tree. And he was looking at a six-foot version and a 10-foot version. And while he was doing it, he was standing up in his house. And when he stands up, he would walk, and he would touch the ceiling with his hand. And he kept asking, should I get the six-foot or the (laughs) 10-foot? The ceiling was about eight-foot high. (laughs) But he figured it out. But still, when you're making choices, comparison can be a good tool. However, the problem comes when we start comparing ourselves to others. And comparing ourselves to others is not good. There are two potential outcomes when we compare ourselves to others. The first one is this. The first outcome is that we can feel like we are better than the person we are comparing ourselves to. This is not good. In high school... People perceived me, I know this will shock you, people perceived me to have a holier-than-thou persona. They perceived right (laughs) Listen, it is hard to have friends when you're looking down on them. I know, things that you should know that I learned a little bit later. When I compared myself to to my friends, I didn't use bad language. 
I didn't go out and do the things that they were doing with the people they were doing these things with or get involved in these unhealthy activities. I was involved in good things and healthy activities. But what happened is that I began to see myself as having more value than they did. Jesus kind of addressed this. I know this will be good. Luke chapter 18, starting in verse 10. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee, the other a tax collector. Sounds like the start of a joke, but it is not. The Pharisee, standing by himself, was praying thus, God, I thank you that I am not like other people, thieves, rogues, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give a tenth of all my income. I could have prayed that prayer. But the tax collector standing far off would not even look up to heaven, but was beating his breast and saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his home justified rather than the other. For all who exalt themselves will be humbled, but all who humble themselves will be exalted. Church, I admit that my self-righteousness was just as bad. I did not see my flaws and my brokenness until later on in my life, and I was that Pharisee, and probably still am sometimes. Feeling like we are better than someone else is never a good idea. Second possible outcome of comparing ourselves to someone else is that we might feel like we're worse than that other person. It's either or. Some of you grew up in the shadows of a parent who was just an important figure in your life. Some of you grew up in the shadow of an older sibling or a younger sibling, potentially. No matter what you did, no matter what you felt like, you were never as good as they were. That comparison just hurts. In college, I had this acquaintance slash guy I knew. It would be wrong to call us friends, but... There was a guy I knew in college. We graduated the same year. We had similar GPAs. We were pretty similar people, in all honesty. But in my mind, we were rivals. And, and it was all in my mind. But we were rivals. Went through this time about seven years ago where following college, we both graduated at the same time. We seemed to be on the same track. And I was applying for jobs and not getting them. I was unemployed, just like tons of people become unemployed. He was hired at this great church that he still ministers at today. And there was a time in that process that God was humbling me, and I can appreciate that. That was something that needed to happen. But any time in that moment when I would compare myself to him, which I was prone to do because in my mind we were rivals, it only hurt. Because I didn't see how I could stack up to this person. Feeling like we are worse than someone else is a form of self-loathing, and it's not anything that Jesus calls us to. Comparing ourselves to anyone else can either make us feel like we're better or like we are worse. So why do we compare ourselves to others? Why would we do that? Why would we compare our families to each other's? Why would we compare our lives to each other's? Why would we compare our thanksgivings to each other's? Church, you're lucky you're here this morning, because I have the, the million-dollar answer to this question, and thank you, Travis, I, I do appreciate that. I do have the million-dollar answer, so get a pen, write this down, just 
memorize this. We compare ourselves to others because we lack confidence. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> we'll see. I think it's the truth. I think that's the answer. So the question in my mind becomes, how do we gain confidence? Now, this might feel like an aside for a moment, but humor me, uh, because I'm up here. I want to talk to some of you in particular this morning for just a moment. Some of you are on the fence about Jesus. And if that is you, let me quickly make my case for why you should decide to follow him. To follow Christ is to be in Christ. Okay? Confidence comes from knowing who we are, and to follow Christ means to be in Christ. Paul says in 2 Corinthians 5.17, So if anyone is in Christ, there is a new creation. Everything old has passed away. See, everything has become new. This is wonderful news. Whatever that is in you that is old and dirty and broken, that has separated you from God, is now wiped away. God has replaced it with something new. We become a new creation, which is something we should want. We should be able to see our brokenness, our dirt, our filth, and God clears us of that. We do this by sharing in the death and resurrection of Jesus. Paul uses this language in Romans where we die to our sins in baptism and we are raised to walk in newness of life. It's one of the clear markers that God has given us to show that we are in Christ. We put on Christ. We are suffering with Christ. We die with Christ. We are in Christ. So in 2 Corinthians 5.19, just a little bit later, we read that God was reconciling to the world to himself in Christ, not counting their trespasses against them. Listen, nobody knows our flaws and our brokenness better than we do, except maybe a spouse. So I'll give our spouses credit. But if you are in Christ, there is hope. There is forgiveness. There is purpose, there is passion, there is transformation. And so, if you are on the fence about Jesus this morning, let me do this. I'm going to just quote Paul in the next verse, 2 Corinthians 5.20. We entreat you on behalf of Christ to be reconciled to God. And if you have any questions about what that means, there are a bunch of guys around here who are willing to talk to you about that, but come see me afterwards. I'd be happy to. Now, Back to what I was saying just a moment ago. Confidence comes from knowing who we are. And for those of us who have been reconciled to God, who we are, our identity is in Christ. And our confidence comes from Him. Who we are is in Christ. This idea of being in Christ is such an important concept in the New Testament. just want to run through four passages just real quick. In Galatians 3, 26 through 29, we read, For in Christ Jesus you are all children of God through faith. As many of you as were baptized into Christ have clothed yourself with Christ. There is no longer Jew or Greek. There is no longer slave or free. There is no longer male and female. For all of you are one in Christ Jesus. And if you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's offspring, heirs according to the promise. 
If you are in Christ, you have all of those things to look forward to. All of those things are true about you. You are a child of God. You have been clothed with Christ. And you are an heir. Romans 8.1 It's just wonderful news for us. There is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. You cannot be condemned if you are in Christ Jesus. That is wonderful news. That is something we should have confidence in. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 13 says, But now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. It's nothing you've done. It's nothing that, that you don't have the value inherent within yourself, but you have been brought near by Jesus, by his blood. Philippians 4.7 says, The peace of God which surpasses all understanding will, guide your hearts, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Church, if who we are is found in Christ, what is there to gain by comparing ourselves to anyone else? There's absolutely nothing that we can gain by comparing ourselves to anyone else. If we are in Christ, we should be confident. That's where our confidence should come from. I have a friend uh, from about... Ten years ago now, I was an intern at this church in New Mexico. This church out in Grants, New Mexico, which if you've ever been there, it's a small world. That place is really small. It's just off the, road, off the highway and nobody ever stops there. But I was an intern there ten years ago. And there was this guy that had moved to town just recently. He's working at the drilling company. And his name was Matt Clark. He is the minister in that town now. And he has been a part of this church camp that, that I always went to, that I was a part of at my alma mater, LCU. So, go Shaps. Uh, but they had this church camp every single summer. And for years, he has been a part of it. He did a great job of reminding me and about 10,000 other people, 10,000 teenagers and plenty of adults, of what our identity is. And he stole this from his dad, but he's made it popular, so I'm giving him credit. He says this, he would get up every morning of this camp and he would say, I am God's child. I am somebody because God don't make no junk. Now, I know, some of you English people are thinking, oh, that's not a proper sentence, and I get it. I get it. But take the message of it. I am somebody, I am God's child because God doesn't make any junk. That affirmation, day by day, in the lives of these teenagers and these adults was something that they could grab hold of. We need that type of affirmation in our life. Your value, your worth, your purpose, all of those things that you feel like you bring to the table has nothing to do with what you have, what you've done, how gifted you are, or how blessed you are, and it has everything to do with where you are found. If you are in Christ, there is nothing greater than Christ. And so comparing ourselves would be worthless. Church, are you in Christ? Seriously, are you in Christ? You need to ask yourself that question. And if not, we need to talk. 
If you've not yet decided that Jesus is Lord and dedicated your life to following him, that's something we can help you with. And so we invite you to do so. But if you are in Christ, and many of us are in Christ, let me just offer you this simple challenge. Be confident. Be confident. Just take that blessing and be confident in it. The challenge is simple. When you find yourself comparing your your family or yourself or your Christmas or whatever comes next, if you find yourself comparing any of those things to anyone else, take a moment and just remind yourself of who you are. I am in Christ, and that's where my confidence is. I'm going to hand it over to Leon, and I think we're going to have somebody put on Christ here in a minute. Thank you, Jordan. Pray that we all are 